Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and The Sixth Doctor. Hello, 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 and good afternoon. This is the Colton Collective Podcast, and I'm sick <coughs> of Dave. <clears throat> welcome along, welcome along, folks. Yes, it's another Sunday with the uh, the Colton crew here to talk about the latest episode of Doctor Who. And yes, Dave is here. Dave, I am indeed. I am indeed, and uh, thank you very much for getting the uh, latest commentary up on the feed. It's a little bit late, but uh, mm. most understandable. Very good for you to uh, to uh, push ahead and through that. And uh, again, that's there to be enjoyed by anyone who wishes. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, I've got a se- whoa, I've got a serious case of the man flu. Ah. Man flu. Yeah, I mean, guys have died from that. You know, it's man flu yeah. after all. Anyway, let's see uh, what the uh, the health status of everybody else in the call is. And at the top of my list, otherwise, Mr. Darth Skeptical. Hello, Darth. Hello, good sir. How are you? Sick. But good. I'm hey. here. <laughs> good sir. It's, it's added, added a nice kind of luxurious tone to my voice, I find. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you know, there's pluses and minuses to everything. <laughs> uh, delusions as well. What? What? <laughs> who said that? <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. Let's see. Who else? Uh, is that uh, is that uh, our gentleman on the phone that's rustling? Yes. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, also joining us, Mr. Randall. Oh, hello, Mike. Hello, Ian. Hello, Dave. Hello, everyone else here in Colton. Yay! Glad you're here, sir. Yay! Glad hello. to be here. Also joining us, Rick Wall is here. Hello, Rick. Hello, hello. Hey, hello. I'm glad you could join us on this stormy day. Well, here it is. Anyway, I don't know how it is where you are. Uh, glad to join you. Be joining you guys, sort of. But anyway, you kind of know the situation, so. Yep. Well, we're glad you uh, decided to come on in. Good for you to be here. All right, let's see. Uh, oh, yes, oh, there's one person. Uh, joining us on the phone is Mr. Cuddly Ken. Hello, Ken. Hi. Morning to everybody. Happy Father's Day. And I'm waving my Pictish flag with pride. That Yay. blue paint all over me face. 
good morning uh, to everybody. When you're, when you're done painting my bathroom, could you, could you uh, we want you to look at the, the laundry Oh, it's room. not blue. I'm <laughs> wrong. It's bright red. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> Missed out again. Missed with the lipstick. Mm. <laughs> Give me the rouge. Give me the rouge. Give me the feather boa. Put me on stage. <laughs> time to time time to sub for Bette Midler and Mame. Makeup. 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 Back. Oh dear, dear, dear. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, folks. <laughs> Good to have you aboard, sir. All right. Well, now that's everybody on audio. It's time to lower the current sounds. Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? What? All right. Joining us under the cone today are... That ever-lurking uh, Barman54. I, uh, I don't know where we get these folks from. Uh, I don't know. Dr. Gonzo is here. We're also being joined by Dra- Dragon Time Lord. Glad to have you on board. And, of course, the room would not be complete without the ever-present Cybob. Glad to have you all here. All right. There's only one more person we need to hear from. That's the Typing Monkey, which means it's news time. Go, Typing Monkey. Go. All right. Who's first up with news, Dave? Uh, Ray Case has got some uh, sad news to pass on, and no doubt others may want to comment once he's given us uh, the basic info. Rick? Uh, we lost Flounder from Animal House. Yes, Flounder is dead. Stephen First has died at 63 due to complications of diabetes last night. Yesterday. Um... Also known as Fear on Babylon 5. Uh, those are the two biggest uh, things he's done. He's directed a few things and uh, stuff like that uh, since. But, um, yeah, that's the uh, that's where most people will know him from Animal House. As I was telling you, Dave, uh, uh, you, you say the name and people will go, who? And if you happen to have a picture available of Flounder and show it to them, they'll go, oh, Flounder! Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting him at a convention. I thought he was a very nice uh, guy, uh, pretty personable. Um, and Unfortunately, I didn't talk to him very long because the uh, line was pretty big for his autograph. So, uh, got chased off. But, uh, like I said, I thought he was pretty personable. Interesting person. Okay. Ken, did you say you wanted to just add a few bits about this? Uh, Yes. Um, What's interesting about... Stephen first and terribly sad because he was terribly young. So this is this is really tragic. Um, he is so charming that he's playing the the um, the um, 
goof, not the goofball, but the um, the nerd. Well, they're all nerds in Animal House, but that he'll they give him the name Flounder. But people love him. People people love his character, and um, he um, was a doctor in Saint Elsewhere, and he was the Centauri attaché. Uh, yeah, that's what he said in Babylon. yeah in um, Babylon Five, and again he he had that charm, but he, underneath really really uh, delving into a serious quality and a fine actor, yep. and and he's one of the people people really uh, remember. I, I would say, you know, I mean, uh, remember him. And how good Billy Moomy was on, on Babylon Five. People who maybe you wouldn't expect um, that that wow they really um, added to the whole uh, glean and, and and greatness of the show. And, and he'll dearly be missed. Dearly be missed. And this is tragic. Uh, someone so young, um, and we've lost performances. And he's lost to family and friends everywhere. Uh, that that one scene in Babylon Five with Veer and Lanier. Yeah. You know, it's been a bad day. Bad day. It's been a bad week. Yeah. It's been a bad week. It's been a bad month. And they go all the way up to what, like five years or something. Yeah. That's that was the whole thing about saying him and Billy Moomy their chemistry together. Yep. And I'm sure that Billy Moomy will say something on on Facebook in remembrance of his friend today, if he hasn't already. Right. Anybody else want to come in on on this story? Ian, you, you, you Babylon Five watcher? I wasn't a huge Babylon Five fan. I did manage to catch. You know, episodes here and there because I had a lot of friends who were into it. Um, I have to say, I was like, while I didn't know an awful lot about him, he was one of the most memorable characters from what I did see. And so uh, I think that says a lot about, you know, an actor when they create um, a lasting impression with a character, you know, even though they're not, you know, the lead. You know, um, he's just one of the people I knew from the show because of his character. I didn't even really... I mean, I'm sure I've seen him in Animal House, but I didn't really know him from there. But I, I knew him from this role, and so, yeah. It, it's quite a, sh- quite a shame. Okay. Uh, well, well, let's move on to uh, more cheerful news. Um, here in the UK, uh, we've just had the... Uh, the well, yesterday, the... Uh, Queen's Birthday Honours list announced, and uh, the reason why I'm mentioning it is because a number of those people that are honoured are in the entertainment industry, and um, also uh, some of those have uh, uh, guest starred on Doctor Who. Uh, so on the Doctor Who News website, I'll actually put in the BBC link as well. Um, just let me read what that says first as I put the link in the room. Um, Hosts of leading figures from the world of arts and entertainment have been recognised by the Queen's Birthday Honours. They include two Connollys, winner of the Eurovision Song Contest, 
and veteran Hollywood actress who turns 101 this year. Um, and that is um, Olivia de Havilland, who I'm amazed and very happy to know is, is still with us. Uh, but on the DoctorWhoNews.net site, um, uh, it gives a little bit more information. Uh, one of uh, Ian's favourite ladies is uh, Julie Honoured, and that is uh, June Whitfield. Um, uh, she, pl- she played uh, Minnie Hooper, an active member of the Silver Cloak, in the 2010 Doctor Who story, The End of Time. I think she took a bit of a shine to uh, uh, Wilfred as well, Wilfred Mott in that. Um, and of oh, course actually, she's... David Tennant she took a shine to. Oh. <laughs> she's she's the one well-known for pinching his bum. <laughs> Which I think, if I remember from back when we did commentaries and stuff like that, that was her idea. Right. You guys do the commentaries? Yeah, apparently. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> you, you could. Yeah, she, yeah. she's been in a lot of uh, radio com- com- comedies. June Whitfield and Terry Scott. I know. Uh, mm, yeah. I don't know how far back Darth goes with his like of comedy, but I'm sure he's followed three, from things like three, that. Three uh, Terry and June. and June. Yeah, absolutely fabulous. Um, uh, Last of the Summer Wine. And Green Green Grass. Green Green Grass was a spin-off of um, um, oh, yeah, of uh, Del Boy. It's a spin-off from that one. Um, Sarah Lancashire. It was a spin-off. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Okay. Uh, hang on a minute. Green Green Grass. It was. Oh yeah. I'll have to now. Of course, I'll have to check that now. He's put. You've thrown doubt into my mind. It was just a spin-off from uh, uh, from one of the other series. No, it might not have been that. It might have been something else it was a spin-off for. I may put that in text chat later for those listening to the recording later. Uh, and you can get that from chatgrabber.com. Uh, Sarah Lancashire made an officer of the Order of the British Empire, OBE. Um, and she was in the Partners in Crime at one. And I, I'm mouthing to Ian at the... And he was looking through a, a round window at me. <laughs> You're right, it's um, actually a, a spin off of Only Fools and Horses. I don't know which You're I'm right. more grateful for. You're I was right. Yeah, I was right, or Ian's admitted I was right. <laughs> and um, actor, actor David Williams, Williams, no doubt how to pronounce that, uh, played Gibbis in the 2001 story uh, The God Complex. And of course, he's also uh, well known for. Uh, his partnership with Matt Lucas, who's currently playing Nardal, of course, in the current season of Doctor Who, and that is in Little Britain. Um, and he's done an awful lot, and he's actually now uh, one of the best-selling children's authors. Um, famous book that I think broke through was The Boy Who Wore a Dress or something, which is about a boy who goes to school in a dress. Um, mm. And um, he's had a lot of... Uh, Applauds and pundits thrown at him for that. Uh, and the other one is, if I can pronounce it, the lady who played Trish Jones, sister of Martha Jones in Series 3 of Doctor Who. Uh, Goo Mabatharor. Oh, you're a good man. You're a good man. You stepped <laughs> in way and you I needed it. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> um, and um, so, um, and she's been ordered the member of the Order of the British Empire, the MBE. Um, 
and of course uh, other, other people not in Doctor Who, but um, Billy Connolly has been knighted. Yeah, that's the awesome one. Uh, uh, he's slightly upset that he's not being called Lance Sir Lancelot, but um, <laughs> um, it sounds very. Um, uh, he, he must be struggling with his health. He's lost yes. an awful lot of his um, spark and energy, but um, he's. Uh, I think he's been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Uh, uh, Ed Sheeran, Julie Walters, uh, former Beatles Paul McCartney and J.K. Rowling have also uh, received honours, as does Olivia de Havilland from, uh, of course, uh, Scarlett O'Hara's sister-in-law in Gone with the Wind. Um, and I think that about rounds up. Um, well, got, oh, well, I, I Raymond got, Briggs. I got a couple. Raymond oh. Biggs, yep. Uh, J.K. Rowling. I don't know if you said J.K. Rowling or not. Yeah. Uh, but Tony Hawks, um, for those of you who uh, are followers of, uh, sorry, I haven't a clue. Um, I got news for you. Uh, Red, from Red Wharf as well. He was uh, the, in Better Than Life. Uh, he was the compare in Backwards and Caligula in Meltdown. And uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I've done the stuff. Uh, Future Echoes, Waiting for God, Stasis Leak. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, something else I thought. Sandy Shaw. I don't know whether you Pop it on the string. Yeah. Oh, um, but uh, I have put in the link to the BBC site and, as I say, the .whonews.net site that just goes through the ones that are actually um, related to uh, Doctor Who. Um, um, I haven't mentioned there's another piece of news that's not related to you but um, coming back to uh, Big Finish and audiobooks um, haven't we got a, uh, a, a older version of the master returning to audiobooks yeah. I believe mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's something we should have included in the, uh, the information and I'm just uh, Derek Jacoby Returns to the Master of Big Finish. He reprises his role as the Master in a new set of audio adventures. Um, so that is good to get him back on board. That they must be absolutely delighted. Four stories uh, are being produced uh, beneath the Visicoid, I think, the Good Master, the Skyman, and the Heavenly Padigrime. Is that? And you can listen to a little clip of the. Warmaster, the Doctor Who the Warmaster trailer on SoundCloud. Again, go to the Doctor Who News .net site and look for the news item, and there's an awful lot about that. Derek Jacobi. It'll be interesting, uh, actually, because we only get a very, very minor taste of him as the, ma the, the Master proper. Um, so it'll be interesting, actually, to, to, to see you know, this character fleshed out in, in, you know, in Big Finish. Oh, but well, yeah, I mean, and, oh my and who knows? Maybe it'll lead to something, to something more on screen. Now that we're, well, I don't want to say any of that because that's no. That's well, the thing is, um, and I thought, well, how can they do stories? Because we we saw him, him change. But of course, uh, in in the um, Utopia story, he's under the guise of the, the you know the fob watch and that. Mm -hmm. So he must have had a whole period of being the master prior to going undercover during the. Um, Presumably under the time war at that point is when right. he'd gone into hiding. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're titling it as, is basically the War Master. Right. 
because he was supposedly, you know, resurrected to help with the war. So it'll be an interesting series, actually. Uh, you know, curious to see how that pans out, and you know, whether it mean what it means for the, the series. You know, could could they bring this version? I mean, we've seen other versions of the of the Doctor. You know, come up. It's like you know, it's entirely possible. Maybe Derek Jacobi could come back into the series. When are the uh, CDs coming out? Any dates or? Um, I don't know. It'll be more like September, I would think. I actually just closed out the page, but um, um, available right now from Big Finish for pre-order. Um, let's see if they have release dates listed. No, I do not see a release date listed on the site. <laughs> Yeah. Out in December, sorry. Out in December. It does say right under the picture in red lettering. Ah. Oh, large cool. friendly letters. <laughs> Speaking of large friendly letters, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue on that. Uh one of the things I, I it's it's part of Ian's streaming news uh <laughs> that I seem to have uh, featured on this show is uh I was I was wandering through Hulu last night. And I have the you know, every now and then I dip into the the, the British sci-fi you know section, and lo and behold, they have Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the original um, BBC series, so the whole thing sitting there. So yeah, have at it. It's uh, it's great. It's a great watch. I, I think it holds up really well. Um, better than have the it on, movie they put out. Yeah, better than the movie. Grumble, grumble. Um, but yeah, yeah. So if you if you've never seen it before, you've only ever seen the movie, uh, check it out. Yep, it's on Hulu. Uh, just look up the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it's all there and all all its glory. Uh, but it's not the uh, radio play, so I'm not interested. Uh, you purist, you. <laughs> I like the LP better. <laughs> yes, every 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 iteration is slightly different, so or vastly different, depending on. Which one it is? So. I still have that somewhere around here on uh, cassette. Yeah, I used to have it on cassette, then I had it on DVD, and then we loaned it to a friend uh, in 2013, and she still has not bought it back. A little missed. But now it's on Hulu, so hey. All right, I guess it's just me with news left, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, one of your latest crushes you talk want to talk about. What? What? Crushes, crusher. Crushes. Oh, I see where you're going. It's a segue. Sorry, I'm ill. You know, what do you want from me? <laughs> yes, um, our, our, our man at NASA actually uh, is, uh, well, was this weekend uh, doing his NASA duties at AwesomeCon and uh, and was shooting us some pictures over. And, uh, and so I was looking up to see who was on at AwesomeCon, and it turns out that Will Wheaton, uh, or Will Wheaton, it was actually at Awesome Con, and uh, apparently somebody had brought up his uh, uh, Wesley Crusher uniform, his ensign's uniform, or acting ensign's uniform. And somebody on Will's timeline on, on, on Facebook happened to notice the color bars that are on his uniform. And this revelation you know, came, came to all of us after reading this guy's post, because this guy was, you know, um, a little misfit himself for not realizing it 30 years ago. But if you if you Google a picture of, of, of Will Wheaton's uniform, 
he's got three color bars, you know, three stripes on his uniform. One is red, one is gold, one is blue. The three colors of the uh, you know, command, sciences, and, yeah, command, sciences, and ops. And I never realized that until that guy posted about how he just realized that. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Mind blown. You know, that's uh, one of those things. It's like, you, you, <laughs> I just thought it was just this thing that, I think one of the reasons why is because you didn't see anybody else in it, you know. Um, and so, or at least I don't think you did. I don't think you ever saw anybody else dressed in that. So I just thought it was, you know, the only clothes Wesley owned, apart from that ridiculous jumper. Uh, oh. But, yeah, so, and even Jeff Franklin didn't know it. Which I was pleased with, because he knows a lot more about Star Trek than I do, so. Yes. <laughs> and, and I explained it to everybody earlier on the pre-show, too. Oh, that's why nobody's going, oh. <laughs> Y'all knew about that's, it. That's why everybody was going, oh, yeah, now I see it. <laughs> yes. And Dave, of course, has put a link to the picture in uh, the text chat. Also, one little small thing, as part of my Father's Day thing, I thought I'd introduce uh, my son to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, since uh, we were playing one of the uh, Lego um, PlayStation games, where they, you know, this, this uh, Lego Indiana Jones. And uh, so we, he, he said, based on the cover, he wanted to play that, because that looked like a good game. And about two minutes into it, he says, who's the guy with the hat? The guy with the hat? He goes, yeah, and the whip. I like that guy with the hat and the whip. It's like, oh my god, he doesn't know who Indiana Jones is. So I thought we'd put on Raiders of the Lost Ark to watch that. Yeah, terrible father, terrible father. Lo and behold, in his like fourth appearance on, you know, in visual media, TVs or movies, is Alfred Molina. Huh? In the very beginning of the movie, one of those funny things you go, you know, going back and watching these movies and just. Discovering people that you you know now know of you know quite well, you know, having their first appearance, you know, Doctor Hawk, and it, it was amazing. He gets he gets knocked off in the beginning, so uh, spoiler alert. But yeah, Alfred Molina. So anyway, I, I think that wraps it up for news. Unless anybody else has got anything pressing. No, mm -hmm. all right, nope. Time to tell everybody, Dave, how, how to join the Cult Collective. If you enjoy listening, why not join the Collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling time before dialing in. If you have a tip client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. We're looking forward to hearing you. And it's as simple as that. All right, well, it's time to the, uh, go on to the uh, main reason why we're all here. And that, of course, means, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking all about the latest episode of Doctor Who. Are we, Dave? We are indeed. Which I think means uh, we need a what? 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 Uh, I think we need to. I was just actually checking if a certain person was going to stay on audio because I have a habit of introducing him just as he's disappeared. So 
uh, I'll see if you can work that little conundrum out. As mm. I just say, from now on, it will be spoilers. We're talking about the latest episode of uh, Doctor Who, Series 10, Episode 10, uh, The Eaters of Light. And we'll put back in the room the link from earlier. Uh, slightly shorter episode. Um, just say on the wiki page, 45 minutes, but I only counted it as about barely 42. And I think Mike said it's more like 41 minutes. Um, but um, let me uh, zoom along. I've got quite a few clips in, but I will skip a couple, but I'll try and include a little cavey one for you, if Yay. I can. <laughs> but um, let's... Um, I'll try not to soapbox too much. I'll, I'll save most of that for the, for the commentary. Yeah, and um, here we go. Oh, where are we now? Aberdeen. Got it. Second century AD. You weren't complaining when it was Mars, were you? So why is Scotland suddenly more important than guarding the vault and keeping your sacred oath? She thinks she knows more about Romans than me. Oh, well, that's explained everything, thank you. You don't know more about the Nine Legion than me. You don't. I read the book. I loved the book. I read everything. They disappeared. Except they did it. They were annihilated in battle. Then where's the big pile of bodies? Oh, oh, I don't know. So where's the Ninth Legion? If they'd left, they should still be leaving. Can you see 5,000 Roman soldiers marching south? Down there, by the river. They'd have followed the river, that's what they did. So much that you don't understand about Roman Britain. I got an A-star. I've lived in Roman Britain. Governed, farmed, juggled. Speaking as a former Vesca Virgin Second Class, I can assure you... There is a Roman legion down there. Hang on, what, 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 second class? Fine. You go and check the river. I'll go and find the last passengers. Fine. I'll meet you back here with a Roman soldier. Yeah, but seriously, second class? Yeah, it's a fun story. Come on. Yeah, I'm wondering where that's leading. Um, I haven't had an answer in text chat, so, um, Rick, are you were a little bit concerned about... Uh, what people may think of your opinion, but if you want to go ahead, we may get somebody to support your opinion following on. All right. Um, in a way, I'm kind of glad that this episode happened because it reinforced my opinion of uh, Mr. Moffat. I mean Moffat. Uh, um, God, what a bad episode. Uh, confusing, at least to me, because I didn't have any sleep Friday, but that's besides the point. <laughs> maybe maybe it's my own fault for not sleeping, but uh, I was totally confused by it. Um, thought the plot was kind of meh. Yeah, okay, we had monsters, but the uh, they didn't really play that big a part. They, they did and they didn't, if that makes any sense. <clears throat> um, you know, uh, I'm not a... I'm not that knowledgeable about the Scots, but I never heard of them building... Uh, um, 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 it was uh, um, um, places of worship uh, too much, but then again, like I said, I'm not a big 
a scholar of uh, the Scots. I know the Irish did. Um, well, some of the very earliest dwellings are up in Scotland on the islands. The um, very famous dig there where there's, uh, uh, you know, um, I'll try and get the name of it, but uh, very famously one of the earliest settlements in the British Isles is up in Scotland. Um, but, um, I don't know that, you know, the whole thing, you know, with the caves that, uh, you step on and you fall into, uh, yes, I know we have them here in America too, but I, again, not knowing that much about Scotland or, and or the prehistory thereof, I thought that was kind of silly, um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, I hope I'm not offending Scotsmen, <laughs> uh, but um, or Scottish people. Uh, but um, yeah, the whole thing about uh, the 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 the, the um, dimensional doorways made no sense to me because we've never had anything like that in who before, and I believe. Doctor mentioned that uh, since the universe has been rebooted, there are no doorways to other dimensions anymore, or is it just one dimension? Um, oh, this is presumably a very ancient one, yeah. But you're right; that's slight issues there, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the whole thing confused me, you know, that, with that point. And I was just like, huh, okay. And I didn't really get the thing with the, uh, um, the, um, the crows and all that. So, yeah, maybe, again, like I said, I watched it because uh, I was falling half awake, I should say. But, um... I, it totally lost me. Right. Well, I think it will definitely bear a second viewing, whether whether you think much more of it after that or not, uh, because it wasn't really a complex plot. Uh, but obviously, if you were were sort of half nodding off, uh, the settlement, by the way, Scarabray, right in the north, and it was occupied from 3,180 BC to two and a half thousand BC. So it's one of the very early Neolithic villages, so there were dwellings, yeah, very ancient dwellings up in Scotland. Okay, I guess that's something for me to research then, because I don't know if you guys know, I'm into that kind of stuff. Right, well, I put the link in into the room to the wiki page on that, so, uh, right. buff. Okay, right, well, I'll, if, if, if that's all for now, I'm going to go and play a second clip, then we're going to go to Mike who um, probably will talk in a similar vein. Ah, oh, Roman soldier. Ah, oh, wish I'd study Latin so you could understand me. I understand you. Sorry, what? I understand you. But you're... But you're speaking English. What's English? Uh, what you're speaking in? You're speaking Latin. I'm not. That's Latin. You just said that in Latin. It's the doctor. Or, or the TARDIS, or, or both. Something telepathic. Link. Auto-translate. That's why everyone in space speaks English. Why on earth are you talking about? Oh my God, it even does lip sync. Who 
are you? I'm Bill. Are you from the Ninth Legion? Yes. Where have you been? Don't you know? Know what? Did you see what happened to us? It's as if his bones have disintegrated. Ooh. What could do that? Complete and total absence of any kind of sunlight. Hmm. Death by Scotland. Death by Scotland. Okay, Mike, um, try not to be too harsh with us all. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. So what's that phrase hitting the nail over the head? We get it. The TARDIS translates. Okay, it's made abundantly clear in this episode. Uh, I guess Bill has never been. A, I guess it never really came up for Bill looking over the, the stories so far in the setting. It's not really come up. But okay, this episode. This episode was amazingly terrible. Outstandingly crap. I've seen some dumb episodes of Doctor Who, but this is definitely one of them. There was only one scene that I really liked, and that was the mention of the LGBT characters. And that was it. The rest of the episode, the, the monster wasn't interested in, the rift, okay, so it was a second, several seconds equals a day or two or whatever. That, wasn't, that didn't really come up again until the end, and even then... Just the characterization was the characterization fell flat on all the characters, pretty much. Bill Nardole were written out of character. This episode didn't even follow on from the very interesting cliffhanger ending of last week's at the very end of Empress of Mars. That scene between Missy and the Doctor and the TARDIS. I wanted to see where that went on. I was hoping this would do like what earlier episodes of the series did and pick up where it left off, like Thin Ice picked up where the previous episode had ended. I, would, I was hoping to see more of that conversation, what's going on there, but no, it was there, there was a jarring disconnect between well, well, that. Well, it was at the end, wasn't it? The, the, the two end pieces from last week's and this week's had a slight continuity. But there was a lot well, left unexplained. The... It, it seemed as if a lot of time had passed between the end of Empress of Mars and this episode, or at least some right. time, for enough time for the Doctor to have been doing other stuff away from Nardol, because apparently Nardol wasn't even aware. But then there was just, at that point in the episode, I just lost interest. When the end part was more, when Theron the TARDIS was more interesting than the entire episode that came before it, that's uh, a problem. There was just nothing in this episode that really caught my attention. It was, it was just okay. Maybe it was neat that it was set in Scotland. I guess Peter Capaldi, Scottish actor. That I guess that was neat. Getting having, you know, that 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 perspective. But I don't know. At, at right now, I just can't really think of specifics. It's just. This, this entire episode fell flat, and it's just forgettable. Nothing exciting happened on this. Maybe it's because I'm already looking forward to next week's episode, as I said last week, with Empress of Mars. I'm already looking forward to the, the two-part finale, and now I'm even tempering my expectations of that episode, those episodes, too, given the, the trailer. But um, I'll have more to say on the, on the commentary tonight, if anyone even cares, but... Uh, yeah, this episode, right up there on the worst episodes of Doctor Who ever. And that's all I've got to say right now, really. 
Okay, but thank, thanks for staying on audio to, to do that, Mike. That's that's good of you. We appreciate it. Um, right, I'm going to uh, play. Now, Ian, um, are you... Let, let, no, I'll play another clip because I want, I want to play the clip that you like on your instruction. Yeah. So if we can go with Darth next, if I may. So I'll play uh, this clip and then we'll go to Darth and I'll play your clip for you. <laughs> Whose car? The keeper of the gate. My sister. Well, let's hope she's the brains of the family. Because there's a big bad wolf of a monster out there and you live in a house of sticks. Nice here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like what you've done with the place. Yeah. Yeah, would you, uh, would you, would you like some popcorn? Um, won't take me a jiffy to make. What are you doing? I'm ingratiating myself. Stop it, it's nauseating. It's called charm. I'm against it. I'm against charm. Yeah, we all know that. I said, don't move. I'm rooted. Shh. Did everybody hear that? Do you know what that sound was? What? That was the sound of my face shattering into a billion little pieces. Now, there are only two things that I need to know. Where is my friend and what destroyed the Roman army? I destroyed the Roman army. Did he? What? You? Just on your own? That's quite a trick. I'm the gatekeeper. Gatekeeper? What gate? Didn't you hear the call? Where were you? I had to find the gatekeeper's things. Sorry, wait a minute. Are you the mighty warrior that we've all been waiting for? Where are all the grown-ups? It was a great battle, a great battle, and we beat the Romans. Car beat them, that's all that matters. Yes, but she's not a warrior, she's an embryo. What did you do through your action figures out? And there we go. Gav, uh, your thoughts, please. Yeah, I, I'm going to kind of agree with... Well, I guess everybody who's gone before, this is a terrible episode of Doctor Who. Um, the worst thing that I, I couldn't stop my mind from doing it maybe it's not fair maybe it is I don't know it's just drawing analogies between this and the equally awful survival which this author is responsible for well same yeah same author yeah. Um, it's really the same story in a lot of ways right I mean you've got these animals normal animals in our universe in that case cats in this case ravens and they are somehow harbingers to this other dimension, which is oh, really what, you know, is really what's going on in, in survival. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> You'll have to forgive me for not revisiting the Seventh Doctor's Era that often. But um, I maybe that was actually teleportation to a real planet. I'm not entirely sure whether that was extra dimensional, was. but the, the narrative effect is the same. And not only that, but, like, what is that narrative world about? It's basically primitives, right? You know, primitives on horseback and, you know, not – this is, you know, historical, but it's basically kind of that same thing of let's go on exterior shoots in relatively bare land um, and have uh, some kind of adventure there and hammer out some kind of peace between – relatively untamed people, you know. Just the same um, name, by the way. The, the Lisa Bowman was called Kara in this survival. Oh, well, there's same that. <laughs> there's that. And then, uh, I don't know. Uh, the whole thing about the ravens, you know, is it supposed to put you in mind of the raven that took away, you know, um, 
Clara. Clara. Is it supposed to, but it can't because the doctor can't remember that? And in any case, oh my God, how stupid. That the reason that they make the sound they do is because of this one person, this gatekeeper person back in time. I just, that was, that was too much. I mean, that's just, that's just dumb, right? Because, um, I mean, obviously you're just writing the name of the character in order to fit what is the modern day, you know, what is the sound that a a raven makes? Oh, oh. You know, yeah, it's just dumb. Just dumb. Uh, I, I, you know, kind of. I also just sort of thought people were out of character. I didn't even really think. Uh, what is her name? No, <laughs> no, I just Bill. I just thought Bill was pretty bad in the episode. I mean, not not necessarily the acting, but just what was she trying to accomplish? What was her goal? Uh, and, and the that, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's that about? Why? We don't we don't have any particular hint of that earlier in the series that she is trying to one up the doctor. It's more, you know, she's trying to learn from him and maybe if he catches if she catches him in an inconsistency, she will question him further until the inconsistency is revealed as I don't know. Uh some hypocritical attitude he has or whatever, and he's, she's not afraid to follow up on that. But this is just simple, straight up, hey, I'm a human from the 21st century without much of an education, and I think I'm going to straight up question you on what happened with the Ninth Legion. Uh, whatever. I mean, why? She's not ever been depicted as having an interest in history. It's just out of nowhere, right? So there's that. I actually hated the music even in this episode. I thought the music was, uh, at, at, certainly at points, uh, and maybe the points around the discovery of the Ninth Legion, unnecessarily like a marching band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just struck me as just wrong. Um, and, and immediately not Murray Gold's best work. I mean, there are, there are definitely times where I do not think Murray Gold delivers greatness to Doctor Who. There are plenty of times where he does. And, in fact, more times that he does than when he doesn't. But this episode, I don't know if he just couldn't get inspired because the episode itself was all wrong. I mean, the thing is, it's just, it's bad pacing, right? Now, I don't agree necessarily, you know, that, like what Mike said, that it had to follow on, that we were going directly into, uh, you know, a greater discussion about Missy. That was fine for it to be sort of at the end rather than at the beginning, at least as a conceptual thing. And my my thought would be, Rona Monroe didn't have anything to do with that. That's what my thought would be, but I don't know. Um, But the problem in the episode is really just one of pacing, maybe because there's really not enough story. I mean, think about what what is the plot here? What is the story? It's really nothing. Very nothing, right? It's, you know, let's... Let's just stand around and talk about how we're going to defeat this enemy. And oh, they seem to be afraid of light. Okay, well we use these sticks to, you know, Hold down generate light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, but no, Doctor, you can't go proceed with your very sensible plan to hold them off for thousands of years because we know your body can take it. Instead, we're going to send these humans forward to do it because why? Because it's their job. 
is it really? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's just horrible. I mean, really, it really is. I this is um. Oh, I don't know. Beast below level, pretty bad stuff. I, I mean, it's and I thought last week. Following... It's I thought last from... week was pretty oh, bad too. But this oh, is right. this this makes Gatus look like a genius, kind of. Um, <laughs> but but again, just like last episode, it was it was a lot of like sitting around and talking, really, or standing and talking or whatever, and then. There's the end, and we solved the problem. And, like, they're walking back to the TARDIS, and you're thinking, what? This has been 30 minutes out of my... And i got to tell you, even though it was really short, I was still looking at the clock all the time. I was still like, where are we in this episode? What is going on? And that is not characteristic of, you know, the first, let's say, six or seven episodes. Well, maybe maybe nine episodes, I guess, of the series. Um you know, because those, you know, even if you go back and you have a problem with Knock Knock, which, you know, I think a lot of people would think of prior to this episode as being kind of the worst, it's still not really bad, bad. It's just of a different narrative style, different genre almost, of the than the rest of the episodes. And so when you watch the Knock Knock, I think most people pretty much on the edge of their seats are pretty interested in what's going on for the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, it's just the ending that is a little bit rocky in that one. Whereas here, I just wasn't interested at all. And I was perfectly well rested. I was perfectly receptive to watching new Doctor Who. And I just didn't get anywhere with this thing. It didn't captivate me. I thought that even the, I mean, I like Nardol in it. I give him that. I think it is. If you like Nardole, I think this is one of the best Nardole episodes, at least for, like, you know, quips and quotable moments and, you know, quizzical looks and, you know, him as as a comedy relief. I don't know that you're going to get a better episode than this one. He was funny. Killed by um, Scotland. Yeah, yeah. I think there are things in here that are that are funny. The Jiffy Pop reference. Yeah, I guess. But, that see, that really... That went flat on me, too, just because it was so obvious then what was to be done with the popcorn, you know? Yeah, true. Uh, I mean, it would have been nice if that had been held on to for longer than a scene, maybe. But, I mean, it was literally like it was the setup, and then all of a sudden the doctor has it in his hand, and, oh, yeah, here, I'm going to create a diversion. Well, okay. So, I don't know. Uh, there's... I'm really struggling to think of any reason in the world Moffat would have brought back Rona Monroe. I mean, I guess she has had a distinguished career in Britain, uh, on the stage, maybe. Um, after 1989. Well, there's been a move to get more more female writers onto the series, hasn't there? Maybe there's some... I guess, but why bring up... I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know... I will pre-apologize, I guess, to Jeff or whoever might like the Seventh Doctor, but seriously, it's seriously, why that? I mean, she, Survival is one of the worst episodes of Doctor Who, period. I mean, there's just nothing in that thing. Um, Somewhere uh, the tea's getting cold. Well, that's not even her line. 
I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a dumb line anyway, but it's not hers. Right. Right. Exactly. Down so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, why they why they would think that she was of such value? What the pitch could possibly you know is it really just that the pitch was hey we're going to go back and you know have an episode that is entirely set in Scotland and you know Moffat just said well okay with by me I'm in my last season I do want to have another little shout out to Scotland or whatever um, so let's do it I don't know. But the, I mean, even the monster was poor. I thought, like the the actual realization of the monster was quite childish. I guess. I mean, it felt like a monster from Sarah Jane, or worse, actually, it felt like a monster from K Nine. Is what it felt like. It was a funny monster because it, it looked from one angle as though it was more like a squid-like thing, and then you see it in another one, and it looks more like a. I don't know whether they were swimming. Were they, were they from a fluidic universe? To bring in yeah. Star Trek. Who knows? Right. I mean, who knows and or who cares? I mean, they were just so awful. I was just glad when they weren't on screen. Um, I, I, I'm really struggling. Aside from a few lines, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of anything that was good about this. I just, I don't even think that, the, I mean, obviously the resolution here is the Doctor does absolutely damn nothing. Right? I mean, the resolution somehow is, let me prevent, as your companion, let me, Bill, prevent you, Doctor, from doing anything to solve this problem. Well, what the hell good is that? How is that Doctor Who? That's not Doctor Who. Um, I mean, there are times where Doctor Who is quite legitimately and quite competently, let me, as the companion, solve this problem... Instead of you, Doctor, and that's cool, but that's not even what happened here. This is, I'm not solving it, Nardole's not solving it, you're not solving it. It's these guys that we've just met who are going to solve it. Yeah, the Doctor's the companion in this one, isn't he? <laughs> well, he's not even that. I mean, <laughs> nobody is the companion. Everybody's just a bystander. I mean, this is like a, I don't know, this is like a very, very early Hartnell. They're not even... Not even quite as good as that, because at least you could trust Bill Russell to get up there and knock some heads together, you know? Right. Um, and nobody's doing any of that, right? There's not even... I don't I don't know... I mean, maybe this would be a case where Mike, with his degree in... I think he's got a degree in literature, could come back and help us out. Is there anybody, anybody in the main cast who has any agency in this thing at all? I, I don't... I mean, if agency is... We're going to decide not to do anything. Then I guess somebody's got it. Then Bill has agency, I guess, sort of. Uh, but it doesn't feel like. I mean, there's no, there's not even at the end, right? When you get to the scene that's between Misty and the Doctor. Oh well, I guess you know. I would say that's probably a pretty good scene that we could refer to. We're going to have to refer to, like, because that's narrative glue for the whole series. And it's a pretty fun scene. But even in that scene, there's no real agency exactly, except the doctor is sort of, yeah, I guess we're friends now or whatever. But nothing really happens that much in that scene. But it was longer, wasn't it? I'm I'm wondering whether the, you know, it it was a lightweight story uh, and it suffered, I think, from the comparison with last week, even though I know you said you didn't particularly like that one. But um, Mm 
it's maybe Stephen Moffat says, well, I need a, I don't just need two minutes at the end of this episode. I need five. So, you know, you can you can have a page or two less on this script. Um, you know, the running time mm-hmm. of the actual story is only going to be about 35 minutes. And maybe they even bookended the two present-day children at the front and back just to... Um, it, it felt as though it had been stretched. I mean, you know when you watch classic Who and you think they could have done this four-parter in three? This could have been mm-hmm. almost done in 25 minutes, I would have thought. Well, I guess. I mean... But then you have to ask yourself, well, what's the point of it? If it's a story that takes place, that's the whole thing. There is no real plot that's, that's going it on. It should there. have been Scotland with Jamie McCrimmon as an old man, the leader of the ruin. He should have been the leader of the tribe, and it should have been set. But then they couldn't have the Nine Legion in it. But uh, if they'd have set it and, and got, a found, got uh, Jamie McCrimmon into the story, that would have been much better. It, oh, well, it, would been inter- it would have been interesting and a reason to go to Scotland and... You know, yeah, that would have been interesting, uh, but that's not what it was. And it wasn't even, I don't know, it's just just a hot mess. It's a hot mess is what this episode is. And uh, it's it's sad because I thought that, you know, even though, and I really wasn't here last week, but uh, even though that episode was war compared to the rest of the episodes of the series, I thought, Still was better than this. I mean, it still wasn't. It still wasn't. It wasn't throwing the whole. I I don't know. It's it's almost like Ronan Monroe didn't get the note on what these characters were, or something. (laughs) I don't. Especially Bill. I just thought she wrote Bill horribly. You know, but I mean, I never was impressed with how she characterized anybody in. Survival. So again, I don't really understand why she was brought back, um, except that she does have a career outside of Star Star Trek, outside of Doctor Who, um, that suggests you know why not give her a chance? I guess, but man, just so disappointing. Uh, And and uh, I'm struggling to find words to to quantify how terrible it was. so short and yet still looking at my watch the whole time, trying to figure out what is going on and how much longer I got to sit through it. I don't know. And so, so obviously old school Doctor Who too, in the sense of, um, I mean, it couldn't be any clearer. Oh, we're now going to divide the team. Well, hello, of course, you're going to divide the team, and, and you know, this companion is going to ally themselves with one faction that's here and you know the doctor and his other companion are going to ally themselves with the other faction and when they eventually hook up there's going to be some kind of tension because right. they're on offices you know so very down the middle doctor who i mean so this is maybe one of the problems with um i guess doctor's daughter right i mean very very that's also a very clear televisual distinction between the companions where like Martha oh, yeah. goes off and the half and you know Donna is with the more human looking people and then in the end they come together and maybe they shouldn't be fighting you know same thing kind of um, I don't know I mean the, the only thing I can think of that's any good about this is that maybe kids will like Bill enough 
that they'll be like, oh, she's into the history of the Romans in Scotland, even though the, there's never been any word about that before in the whole of the series. But maybe they'll just on that basis say, hey, maybe now I'll go off and, and study things about Romans. But again, it's like dipping your your uh, pen into the same ink, because this is what Amy was like, right? I mean, Amy yeah, she had a book. That. She had a book of Romans in her bedroom. Yeah, right. And that's why Rory that changed. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, this isn't even new information for the Moffat era, right? We're just going back again to oh, Romans. Oh, there's something curious going on with them. Five thousand was mentioned again. We had the pyramid that was five thousand years old. Then we had five thousand Romans in this. I'm sure it's been mentioned in another. I don't know. Whether there's some maim going on there or whatever. But, uh, I don't know. I really don't. But I wish they'd gone somewhere else. I wish it had been more like um, Stones of Blood in that the, you know, the actual stone encirclement. And I realize that the Cairn is different, you know, mythologically than, uh, you know, Stone Circle is more like Stonehenge and what you found in Stones of Blood. But I wish it had been more mysterious like that. Like, I was really, I was honestly expecting to see the stones move, and they didn't. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But... They looked a bit paper mache to me, by the way. They looked as though they oh, were Oh, well, but... yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think claim all sorts of problems with the episode that extend beyond the script and go right into production. I mean, there's just nothing that the creature, the stone, certainly there are some shots of those stones that are really iffy. Um, it's very unfortunate. I, I I wish I could derive something from it, but I just can't seem to... I thought the young girl her. was good. The girl that was the keeper of the gate. I thought her, she she carried her part off quite well. I don't know. Um, she put me too much in mind of, oh, who is it? That queen from... Oh, I guess we should ask uh, Ian this. From uh, You know what I'm thinking about. Uh, from... Oh, uh, Trial of a Time Lord Part 3 with... Um, oh, Joan Sims' character, you mean? I guess. Um, yeah. Mia Katrika. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought she was just sort of a redo of that. Um, whatever. I mean, they all seem to be, um, like, not the genuine articles, right? I mean, these are, like, the leader of the... The Legion and the leader of the... Well, there were all the young ones left. I mean, the Legioners were only 18 right. years old. Right. And they were all, they were all replacement all. people trying to yeah. trying to do stuff. And it's like, well... Okay, so would you really at, feel at that 18, level? At 18, they were old. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's... that. You can throw that into the mix, too, and think, well, okay, an 18-year-old now is not the same thing as an 18-year-old then, so oh, not no. quite reading the same stuff, but... I mean, come on. It still felt like, you know, uh, two replacement armies trying to fix something. And they very quickly, you know, decided they were not going to be against each other, which seemed, again, like a, like the whole thing was missing several scenes that you would think that would be important for development of the storyline. And if they had somehow gotten in there and said, 
Uh, we are opposed to you. You know, the Picts were opposed to the Romans, and we're not we're not easily coming down from that standpoint. Like if it had been if there had been just more about what the conflict between those two were and how they needed to drop that conflict in order to fight the aliens, then maybe it would have worked out. But again, this whole thing is just very much like survival in that it takes a uh, an interesting, uh, several maybe even interesting ideas, brings them up, they go away, uh, and you get no real, I don't know, discussion of, of uh, what's going on. And then the master shows up. You know, and takes away narrative time as well. Um, so, I mean, I, I hate, I hate like everything to just compare this to survival. But man, did it really put me in mind of survival and all of the narrative problems there. And I, I just think you can beat by beat look at each one of these things and say, well, they're pretty similar. They both have the master, and they both have the master taking away time uh, that would be better used to explain what the hell is going on. Um, and to well, develop some kind of genuine tension and drama. That's the whole thing. Is like The rest of this series has been pretty good about developing tension, drama, the sense of what the hell is going on. And this thing did none of that. There was no real development or drama here. Well, well the issue I had with it, oh, I, 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 I quite enjoy watching it, but it's a, it is a throwaway episode, I think. But the thing was mm-hmm. that... Um, it was exactly the same as last week in as much as, you know, people with primitive weapons, humans with primitive weapons were up against mm-hmm. aliens. Um, and so the story from last week, which was a better story, uh, it was mm-hmm. as though, you know, two slips got slipped in the pile at once. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't think this should have been the script that followed the last one. Um, I, You know what? I don't think it was supposed to be. Because... Well, what episode are we on? We're on 10, right? Yeah, yeah. I think this was supposed to be 9. Because there's a there's a BBC announcement, um, which I always read late, right? Because I don't want to be spoiled by things, but I read them after the fact. And I'm pretty sure this is Nine or eight in the yeah it's nine. Um, or was it its original slot? So somehow it got bumped to ten. I don't know if that's significant or not, but uh, it would have been better be... if you if, if you're going to have two of these sort of similar things. Yeah, this would have been better. I don't know earlier on. Um, but. The read-through was on uh, October the 12th, uh, and I'm looking at the Empress of Mars one to see when the reading for that one was. Uh, that was on January. So, no, it was the read-through was before. Oh, no, before. Yeah, it was shown after. You're right. The read-through for the Empress of Mars was in January, and the read-through mm-hmm. of this one was in the October. Right. And yet it was aired after. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, and it, there's a there's a press release from 16 November 2016 on the official Doctor Who site that says that this is episode nine, and then has a big stupid picture of Sylvester McCoy shouting, you know, die like animals or whatever. 
Uh, so I don't know. I, would that have helped things if you had to? Some of, yeah, probably would have helped to move things around. But then there are other times where we know that they move things around, and it doesn't seem to have mattered that much. What was the gatest one? Wasn't um, oh well, in season in, no no in season six the uh, oh, the one where they go to Bristol the apartments the little boy is there and uh, oh the um, the apartment the mid um, before closing time the one before closing time whatever that one's called. Um, or maybe before the God comes. Oh, no, it's before... Um, Night Terrors. Night Terrors, yeah. Night Terrors was moved around. Night Terrors was supposed to have been further up. And we know that um, Curse of the Black Spot was also moved up. It wasn't supposed to be number three. But did it affect how well we enjoyed it by moving it to number three? I don't really think so. I don't think it would have mattered to us too much if it was number nine. So I don't know. But, man, just a very disappointing... Like, actively bad. Like, this isn't just... Like, to me, last week was bad on the scale of this series. Right? Once again. Here we go. Gatus. Defining the bottom of the series. Right? Um, But this is actually just bad, Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll just mention, because I know you don't... The shows that you don't actually go on, you, you probably don't listen back to. Uh, the, the general consensus was that last of those people who, who were here was that last uh-huh. week episode was a was was good classic who you know good uh, and that it was sort of you know well researched and seemed founded in you know the way the you know, the the characters taught and held themselves and uh, you know cowardice and. Uh, all the things uh, was was mainly liked with the people in the room, but that I mean I'm not saying that to discount what you're saying. I'm just saying that um, that that was not this has been less liked as you've heard from Rick and Mike. But um, if you if you about done, well I think uh, Ian must be chomping at the bit to sort of uh, to try and uh, salvage some. Uh, Kudos for this episode. Anything else? And then I'll I'll move on if I can. No, move on. Okay, let me. This is a clip that Ian wanted me to play, so here we go. You're going to be fine. Marcus was hurt like you, and the sunlight healed him in the end. I'm feeling better. Good. Yeah, don't worry, Bill. Lucius will look after you. Shut up, Cornelius. Ah, uh, Lucius. Um, right. Yeah, listen, there's um something I should. Blame. What? This is probably just a really difficult idea. I don't like men that way. What, not ever? Nah, not ever. Only women. Oh, all right. Yeah, I got it. You like Vitus then? What? He only likes men. Some men. Better looking men than you, Lucius. <laughs> I don't think it's now reminded. I think it's fine. You know what you like. And you like both. I'm just ordinary, you know, like men and women. Ha! <laughs> well, isn't this all very modern? Hey, not everyone has to be modern. I think it's really sweet that you're so restricted. Cheers. We can be friends, though. Yeah, it did save your life. That means we're friends forever. <laughs> yeah, but I can deal with that. Why is it going dark? Sunset. No, it's the beast. It's circling us. It's looking for a way in. And that's the way in for Ian. Alrighty. 
Um, putting aside Mike and, um, and Darth's comments for the moment, I will address them in a moment, but I want to focus on that clip. Uh, soapbox just a little bit. I don't like the soapbox too much here. I'd prefer to leave that for the commentary when, you know, we're kind of on our own. Anyway. But I love that bit. Um, I actually almost missed the important part of that because I was laughing so hard at uh, the one Roman saying, some men. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Um, I really kind of loved what this did uh, because you kind of thought you saw what was coming in, in this little segment of, of you know, oh, they hit, you know, they've gone back in time, so they're going to be a little, they're going to be even more restricted in their thinking. It's like, no, it's not the case. Um, you know, we've got this, or at least some people have this idea that, uh, you know, being gay or bisexual uh, or transgender is this new idea that, um, that people have latched onto because it's trendy. It's like, no, I'm sorry, it's been around since, you know, the dawn of time. Um, this is not new, um, and for her to go back in time and to discover that this exists, that 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 people are fine with it, um, and and she even gets a bit, you know, a bit of a hard time for being so restricted. I thought that was just beautifully done, uh, nicely written, and I've got to say I'm not sure if it was intentional, but nice rainbow at the very end of the episode. <clears throat> that was great. Um, so that bit aside. I'll talk more about that when I have my wrap-up on the commentary. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, it, it is not a strong episode. Um, I did enjoy it, though, uh, for things like that. You know, I picked my my moments of enjoyment. There were some nice lines in there. Um, Nardole giving the Doctor a ribbing about, what was it that he was, he said he was? He was um, second or... Yeah, the best of a second class. Best yeah, second class. Second class. <laughs> that was that was funny. Uh, a lot of Nardal's lines were were, were brilliant. Um, you know, I'm trying to ingratiate myself. He spent some time kind of, and he's you know the doctor comes back from being you know absent for you know two days or whatever, and, and Nardal's made friends with everybody because <laughs> that's Nardal. Um, Kind of enjoy, I mean, a lot of this season has been uh, Doctor Who kind of, in a way, getting back to its roots, which I don't think is a bad thing. You know, we've got, you know, like Darth said, you know, we're splitting the team up, which it's it's a thing that works. You know, you uh, allow the story to develop in two different areas and then bring everybody together at the end. Um, I have to disagree with Mike on the whole um, translation bit. Um, I don't think it's Rona's fault. I think she handled it brilliantly. It, it, it's odd that it hasn't come up until now because, you know, well, I suppose the, uh, they haven't really been around aliens so much, apart from, you know, um, the Ice Warriors. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm trying to, you know, think back onto the series now. It's like, is there any other place where this could have come up? Um, and it's odd because the the um, the one where they're talking to the Pope, etc., and he's talking in Italian. That took place in, you know, uh, 
a manufactured universe. So I suppose you can excuse that because that was one of the things that bugged me on that one was that, uh, you know, the Pope spoke Italian. We couldn't understand him. But anyway, um, no, I thought that it was actually really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, her bringing it up was was cool uh, with the the one soldier, and I loved the uh, the uh, in text chat. No, yeah, uh, Jeff mentioned it in text chat. Loved the the lip sync comment. Yeah, that was that was great because it's like it's it's for one thing to say it this was medically translated, but then you've got the issue if especially with modern audiences, it's like, well, why did a lips match then? Why isn't everything out of sync? It's like, that was that was fantastic. You know, I like that. But where it really pays off is later on when everybody's all together in the, in the, in the, in the, the hut, the, the meeting area, and Bill's talking about the fact that the doctor's, you know, the doctor's responsible for translation. That makes even more sense over the entire course of the history of Doctor Who. If it's not necessarily the TARDIS, I mean, it's part of the TARDIS's abilities, but for what the Doctor does, time and time again, about, you know, bringing different sides together and everything, it makes a lot of, an awful lot of sense um, for him to enable these different sides to communicate on the same terms on a level playing field. And I think that's really kind of cool and, and really kind of adds something to the whole of the show, by the way they explained it, she says, it's you, you're the one doing this, so that they can all communicate. Because really, when you think about it, if it was just restricted to the Doctor, and um, the Doctor and the companions being able to understand everybody else, you wouldn't be able to get these two signs together, because they're speaking entirely different languages. So, you know, this is the, a talent of the Doctors that, you know, enables him to to do what he does well, you know. So I thought that was that was really good. Um, the bit with the crows, I'm not reading too much into that. I think it's I think it's funny um, that that crows used to be able to talk, but then people stopped having meaningful conversations with them. Um, but yeah, there's there's not a lot of depth to it. Um, not really, you know. But I don't know I kind of enjoyed it and. You know, I, I kind of look at this one as the calm before the storm. You know, there, we've got a, a big two-parter coming for the end here. Um, and, of course, we know that the end is the end. Um, and, you know, it's just... Yeah, I don't have a lot of defense for it. I just enjoyed it. You know, I sat back and enjoyed the, you know, enjoyed it for what it was was probably a little disappointed that, you know, um, because I do enjoy survival. Um, it's, you know, it's that, that ending point that we weren't expecting for, for the, uh, the classic series. But, and I, and I found some of the, the, the ideas in survival kind of interesting. You know, this, um, this planet that is being torn apart by the things that are happening because it's linked, you know, with everybody on it, thought that was kind of cool, and and the masters being stranded there and and becoming part of it. Um, so I guess it was a bit of a disappointment. Uh, waiting for Rona Monroe to write another episode, and this is what we got. 
but I'm not entirely sure if it's her fault. What was you know what was she given, and how much time was she given? The the part that actually really kind of bugged me, and I've only watched it once, so I have to watch it again to to really kind of take it in, is the disjointed part once they were done with the story. We had the bit where they came back in, and then Bella. you know Missy's revealed as sitting there on the chair and everything. Oh, wow. And then they break away to something else. And then they come back, and there's more Doctor and Missy. And I'm just like, it just seemed disjointed and, and not well put together. Like they were tacking stuff on in order to, you know, facilitate what's to come. Because that's that's what these these pieces that are tacked on at the end are. Um, I'm assuming that they're they're probably written by Stephen Moffat and you know added into the the ends of the episodes. Um, so yeah, um, I, I I enjoyed it. it. It's not the best of episodes, especially after last week's. Last week's I really quite enjoyed. Um, but yeah, there's 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 things in here I just I just had fun watching. Um, I do have to agree, it just comes out completely out of left field that Bill is interested in in the Ninth Legion, in the same way that Amy had this obsession with Romans forever, but we never heard about it. You know. Like if you're gonna place something like that in there, at least you know, you know when she started when the Doctor brought her into the universe, she said, "Well, I was really kind of hoping to do some history stuff because I'm interested in the Ninth Legion." That would have been a great line to put in right at the beginning, and then it would have paid off here. You know, we would have gone, "Oh, she did say." You know, it doesn't take an awful lot, uh, and so something, but something like this jars when it does come up. You know, and you sit there go, "Why?" Why is she interested in this? Especially with all the or, stuff that uh, she's teaching her. Yeah. It's like, why is it, you know, all the stuff that she's been learning from the Doctor, this never came up. And he's teaching her stuff. And and we don't really have uh, a good lead-in this week. You know, we have the, the scene at the beginning with the kids, which is paid off at the end because you it kind of explains why you still hear the why they're hearing the music. You know that long. You know that long after the event has happened is because they're still in there. You know um, that I get uh, the impetus for the Doctor and um, and and Bill arriving there. It just it just it jars. You know because if that's the only reason why, then yeah, we're kind of damn the nice on that one. Um, and why is Nardole in a dressing gown? Did, was there a line I missed at the beginning? Well, well, I assume that the doctor and Bill had been having this discussion first thing in the morning, oh, yeah. and the Bill has said to him, "Well, prove it," and they take the TARDIS, and he's he's hardly out of bed, you know. Okay. But it also so meant they... he had pockets with something, some food in his pocket. Right. Like the popcorn, popcorn thing, except the, except the popcorn popping a little too quickly. I mean, that was on there like what, two or three seconds. We're taking a little longer than that for it to uh, start uh, exploding. But funny. Um, I don't like Nardole's line. I'm just I'm not trying to ingratiate myself. Because <laughs> that's what Nardole does, you know. Um, but yeah, the doctor kind of... Uh, the, the, the phraseology for that. But, you know, it's like, you know it's coming because he says, I'm very quick. And he, you know, tosses it over there. And you're like, you know what he's doing. And, and so, yeah. But... I like Peter Capaldi's performances. Uh, I think he's great in here. Uh, I like the very doctory moment, even though it's a bit... You don't really get the 
um, the danger from this creature. Yeah, it sucked the, the light out of people, but you don't really get the idea that it's capable of doing it on a much grander scale. The Doctor does have a line in there saying, oh, you could tell it's already starting to get darker, but it's not visually done, you know, and it's only one creature, so if we'd had multiple ones, I don't know, there's just... It said they'll eat all the stars as well. I wasn't quite sure how they were going to manage that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know whether they can float around, whether they can fly or not, or, or what. Or... But yeah, there's a lot of unexplained stuff. Again, uh, whose fault that is? I don't know. There's an awful lot of info tag, tacked on to the end of this episode. So maybe stuff got left out um, of, of, of her original story that you know, we don't get to see. You know, Wait for the novelization, right? Do they still do that? No, I don't think they'll do that. Nope. We need target novelizations to explain all of this. <laughs> all right. Well, that's me. So okay. we'll let you next clip, and then it's it's, it's all. It's Ken. All right. Oh, no, Ken. Ken. We'll go to Ken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll play the clip, and then we'll go to Ken. Thanks. Thanks for waiting, Ken. Here we go. Okay. Time to grow up, Doctor. Time to fight my fight. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. No one else can do this, not like I can. We can. I'm ready. I'll guard the gate with you. I'll fight by your side. Awesome. Brilliant. You'll be a hero for two seconds. Then the whole solar system will be devoured. Stop him! This is my destiny, my fight! Out of my way. Now, take your turns. Two of you can't hold the gate, two of them. I'm counting more than two. The Legion of the Ninth stands ready to serve. Oh, stop being brave. I can't bear brave people. I'll put the story in the stone. I'll put your name in the air. I'll see it for hundreds of years. And I'll know your name forever. Ready? No. Listen to me. No. Listen. You're wrong, Doctor. It's their destiny. Not yours. Sorry, you've gone nowhere. Well, quickly, well, stop it. Quickly, soldiers of the light, advance! Come on! Yeah. I thought that one guy was very sensible. He says, uh, "Yeah, you go in there. I'll write your history. I'll make sure people remember you. Uh, you know, I'd come with you, but uh, I'll do that important task." Anyway, Ken, your thoughts. Thank you for waiting. Um, well, it wasn't a great episode that we had last week. And it wasn't so terrible either. It was a nice mix. And what I found interesting that no one's really grabbed hold of, the whole episode was about perceptions in realities. And I wish the doctor would have been making a big professorial take on the disappearance of the Ninth Legion and the um, demon attitude of the Pax Romana and and the Pictish warriors um, who are gathered against them and big rigmarole and then we're going to have the reality here bunch of kids and I, I found that really delightful the whole thing was that history gathers our perceptions that, you know, it's the mighty Roman legion, and and you have the fierce pick, the picks 
um, who are against them. And, and history is, is telling us one thing. And Bill is the harbinger of peace um, between them. Just by the natural, easygoing attitude of, by the way, you know, I mean, I'm not going to like uh, that soldier. Uh, I, I like girls, by the way. But we can still be friends. You know that 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 great clip that um, Ian was was uh, talking about. You know, and and that's what I found really eye opening and delightful about the episode. It was the perceptions drawn away, and kind of the fun of saying, "Well, you think history is one thing? These are a bunch of teenagers." who are saving the universe, who are drawing together, sacrificing themselves for the ultimate good. And they don't have to, but they're doing it out of a commonality and love. <laughs> Excuse me. Here I go, love saving you know, people together in Doctor Who. But that's what it is. And it draws me back to a favorite Star Trek episode of uh, Classic Trek, uh, The Alternative Factor, which I always liked, with uh, Robert Brown, as I remember the actor being. And um, it's two brothers trapped at enmity with each other for all time. And at the end, they are joined together to stop the universe from um, destroying itself and they both have the same name and I always love Kirk's uh, line there and what of Lazarus what of Lazarus and that brought me back uh, to this episode they were brothers they were uh, they were Lazarus but one was from one dimension and the other was from another okay all right, thank you. Corrected. Um, but here, here you have the bitterest of enemies, and history paints them as the bitterest of enemies. And it's these are kids joining together now to save each other, pure and simple. Um, and I think that's the interesting thing in its simplicity. You know, it also takes away from the episode as being watchability. Now, I don't think I'm going to watch it a thousand times. And there's, you know, really no big scenes. The doctor does not do much uh, in it. You know, he, he does he does give a few good speeches. Uh, Bill, actually, Bill is more Bill um, just being herself and, you know, being uh, um, aware of, of other people, you know. That was the whole thing. But, you know, was it... It was it was basically a waiting episode because we're waiting to see what comes out. You know, we every little uh, moment with Missy is drawing us to her. And it's... And, you know, at the moment, she seems to be uh, really a nice person. And it's, and, it, and it's fascinating. And, and she is playing this with, with such beauty and such grace, 
and it's maybe the best stuff, you know, in the whole episode, which is not the episode itself, which you could say has a negativity to it. But I, I enjoyed those those things in it. The 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 talk about sexuality, the um, the the crows, which I'll take back just to the, you know, pagan face and religion, and I I, I guess you could say of uh, uh, the northern religion with um, Odin's ravens of wisdom. You know, that's what drew drew me into it as being the symbolism of it. But that could just be my fascination with uh, Thor and Loki and Odin, one-eyed Odin, and all of that. But that that's what got to me there, just being the 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 ancient Karns and um, and the elder faith there, you know, um, before Christianity. But you know, a good episode. I I I'd give it uh, three and a half to four Tardis groans. Um, for some really delicate writing, um, kind of nice uh, personalities. I, I I thought that uh, the young cast did a very nice job, you know. But did it blow you away? Was it was was it was it the top of the crop? Who no. But but um, sorry about that. Um, but was it something a little bit out of pace and different? Yes, and I, and I like that, and there, there, there's nothing wrong with that uh, uh, now and again. You know, should it have been right before, you know, the world explodes? That's another question. But uh, enjoyable episode. And uh, really some, again, an nice acting from uh, from the main cast. Especially Bill, especially Bill, because she's she's the one that gets along with everybody, and then uh, I think she's the one who uh, carries the episode. Okay, right. Thanks for that, and thanks okay. for waiting. As I said, uh, I, I'm going to be fairly brief. I'll just um, uh, let's um, move a little clip on, and um, uh, if Ian asks if anybody's going to put any ratings in, I've got a few things to read out from the Colton page, but here's a clip first. Remember, her name is Carr. Carr. Yeah, you were wrong. The crows aren't sulking. The crows are remembering. I'm going to stop that and play uh, one more, because that's, that's the basic important bit of that one. I don't even know why I'm crying. Why, why do I keep doing that now? Oh, no. Maybe you're trying to impress me. Yes. Probably some devious plan. That sounds about right. Well, the alternative would be much worse. Really? The alternative is that this is for real. And it's time for us to become friends again. Do you think so? I don't know. That's the trouble with hope. It's hard to resist. 
Okay, uh, as I say, I'm not really going to say a lot because I've interjected quite a bit with different people. I hope when I do that, I don't they don't lose their train of thought. Apologies if I do. Um, all I would just say yeah, is that um, <laughs> I thought that young actress who played hey, you're the, the keyboard. You're not helping people when they keep losing their train of thought whenever you interrupt them. Well, I'm glad you wouldn't do that. Oh dear, dear, dear. Um, so um, I, I thought the actress. Oh, were, just before I forget. Yeah, oh yeah. If you've got uh, any ratings or anything or comments that, uh, if you're in the text chat, you want read out at the end of the show, please do so now. Oh, sorry. Continue. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the Rebecca Benson who played the, that young girl, the keeper of the gate. Um, just as a, an aside, a little bit of trivia. Um, uh, she's also been Ga- uh, Game of Thrones, and she plays the younger brother of uh, Sam, who is one of the keepers of the gate, one of the Black Watch, uh, the guy who wants to become a meister. And um, when he goes home, before he goes to uh, do his uh, internship in the library, it turns out that this actress is the plays his uh, his younger talent. He's he's Samuel Tarly, Tarly, and she's. Uh, Talatali, uh, a small part in Game of Thrones of Plain Sydney. Um, yeah, I, I have got to say, I don't think it will bear a lot of rewatching. I thought the st- maybe the the writer was told to to make a truncated, simple story. Uh, as Ian said, uh, there seemed to be two two endings. Then they had the um, the current uh, you know, the children's scene, which actually worked quite well, um, and was you know. Um, but it makes it, it that they felt as though this was um, a very simple story. And I, and I couldn't understand how the Doctor implied that the whole universe could be eaten up. Because um, I think it would have been better to keep it a more restricted story. Um, and I think that really would have worked well. Uh, and it did seem, with all the other trips of information, it seemed this information, although it hadn't been pertinent before, uh, but about the language thing. And I have put in text, by the way, just to remind people that um, it was the fourth Doctor in um, uh, the uh, the story Mask um, and uh where he actually says to Sarah Jane, and it's how he knows that she's under the influence. Um, uh, at one point, Sarah questions why she can understand 15th century Italian. Uh, the Doctor doesn't explain, eventually saying it only that it is a Time Lord gift that I allow you to share. So again, putting it into the, it's part of the Time Lords, uh, not rather the TARDIS, although it has been posited at times that it's the TARDIS that, that did that. But of course, uh, his influence was extend rather well because for vast amounts of this she's away from him in fact and i'll make this one my other little piece of trivia ian i won't say this but the commentary i'll say it now i think that little dell they were in when they were looking for the soldier was uh the dell that they used ever so frequently in the series merlin they kept going into that that wooded dell so many times i'm sure that was the same uh dell that they used for filming of that Anyway, um, at this point, all I need to do, apart from shut up for a moment, is to uh, find the Club Protective page. Remember, we always have a um, pin thread uh, so that people can only see the comments if they actually click on it. 
if I can read a few of those while people perhaps in the text chat client put their ratings out of five and anybody who forgot to do so when they were speaking if they want to put it in uh, let me just um, read a couple of things uh, Jeff Waddle puts uh, middle of the road stuff not bad not great didn't understand the musical placements were they there for the audience only uh, or were the in the program so that they could hear them um, I hope there's an answer for the crows saying the doctor and master could have been so much better than it was uh, Ian of course has made his comment Ian Hicks made me smile as well with the that the by reference uh, especially when they call Bill restricted and I think it was historically accurate as well uh, Mark Mark Goodacre, uh, uh resident alien of course Really love this episode, enjoying season 10 more all the time. I must admit that I decided to abandon uh, BBC America, at least for first viewing. It was a struggle to watch at 9pm with the ads and the truncated ending. Um, again, uh, Colin wonders why where this has been dumped in. Uh, oh, yeah, the three-parter he had, he felt actually taken away a space for some better episodes um colin then says uh, as usual i watched the previous episode to get my feature length doctor who evening uh, empress episode was probably the best of the series so far one thing i did note about both episodes as they, they were short the latest story barely 41 minutes um it's good i agree with dave it's the biggest issue is the previous episode was just better but it does deal with the genuine mystery of the ninth legion march into scotland and vanish no one knows exactly what happened so the ideal story setting for a doctor story i like the name of the crows they're not sulking they're remembering and i like the modern day bookends other than that it's not much to say it was good but not really original doctor story four out of five and craig uh says um i was a bit underwhelmed with this to be honest Peter Cavalli is just about holding the credibility together of a very weak, naive, childlike narrative. One out of nine. Back you, Ian. All right. Well, we haven't actually had any, uh, any ratings put in the text chat. Did Cyborg oh, yeah. leave on before he went? No. Uh, no, he he uh, left uh, rather abruptly, unfortunately. Uh, somewhere to be. Has Jeff put one in? Jeff, no? can you put a rating in for us? That would be helpful. Give us one to read out, please, somebody. And then at the end, what we'll do is I'll play the uh, next time trailer prior to you playing the outro. Hey, yeah, thank you, Jeff. Yes, uh, Jeff, the cinematographer, uh, gives it a three out of five. Middle of the yeah. road, then. Uh, yeah, middle of the middle of the Roman road. <laughs> I, I like to call it the calm before the storm. You know, we've got. Uh, big two-parter coming up uh increased length for the finale as well i, I believe we're getting an hour-long episode for the for the, the final episode so which we had of course last season i believe but that was trash oh sorry what 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 Time to, i think we've always said our welcoming <laughs> yeah yes 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 but yes very middle of the road not great not bad thank you jeff and yeah thank you all for showing up today uh we hope you enjoyed the show and the intro, the outro queued up, Dave. Okay. So that sound like words. <laughs> all right. Yeah, thank you all for coming, and we will, of course, see you next.
next week. Oh, Batman 54. Funny speaks up. Guys, so quiet. Uh, three and a half. Can't wait for next week. Could have been so much better. I think we all agree. Yep. All right. Yes. Time for us to get out of here. So without any further ado, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. It's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Here's the... Um, uh, next, sorry, go ahead. You say it. Your, your next time trailer. Here we go. I pick a scenario, we drop her down into it, and we see how she does. Hello. I am that mysterious adventurer in all of time and space, and these are my disposables. promise you won't get me killed. I said this was a bad idea. A 400-mile ship reversing away from the gravitational pull of a black hole. So sorry, but you're the reason that they're coming. What are they? A long-time Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.